on this episode of Why Watch That. He comes in and, and knocks some people out in superhero fashion. So what does Sam think? Now, is this a mystery if a man is throwing people like 30 feet away? <laughs> if you're just in the mood to turn your mind off a bit and watch people literally like choreograph a dance and dance it for no reason that's this kind of show like i'm serious they and like one of the characters is like uh so are you gonna perform this dance no we're just doing it for fun like why am i watching this i don't know but the other thing about i Tanya is that is ridiculous even though nancy kerrigan of course was injured it's ridiculous like the mike tyson story isn't ridiculous it's a tragedy you're starting a show. There's so much out here that people can watch. You've got to make a statement early on. You just got to do it. I don't know. Some people just don't care. They just leave the TV on and barely pay attention. So maybe they can get away with it. Not with me. Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel platform to platform and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch we do all the work so you don't have to so get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question why watch that Welcome back to another episode of Why Watch That. I am Brandy, the producer, joined here by... Chauncey, the critic, they All say. Right. <laughs> yes, indeed. How's it going? How's it going, critic? Good. Good. You know, we got another episode coming. and mm -hmm. You know, we're getting close to the premiere of The Rings of Power on Prime Video. Mm, <laughs> does that get you excited? Uh... <laughs> We'll find out next week. So the review for us won't come out until next week. Whatever. We'll find out. So that's coming up. But um, we have four things to talk about today, don't we? Yeah. Before, before we talk we about those that, things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, before we get into that, if you're listening to us, um, I just want to remind you that you can also see us now on video. We're on video over at uh, good old YouTube. Simply by typing in Why Watch That, you could find us. And if you need an official URL... It is a uh, youtube.com forward slash why watch that. So just in case. We'll go to whywatchthat.com. Why not? Check yeah. us out. Yeah, I love I love how I love how critics are always pushing our earn not earned media, our own our owned media. I love that. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so yeah. yes. So um first up we have movie, a movie's first look, um, by the name of Samaritan. This is starring Sylvester Stallone and brought to us by our friends at Prime Video. So, what do we think about this? And uh, who should be watching, Critic? Well, it's directed by Julius Avery, written by uh, Bragi F. Schutt, based on Bragi's uh, Samaritan, same title. All of that's coming up to mm -hmm. us. So great. Okay. You know, it's like superhero stuff. 
And it's also the Samaritan it's based on is also written by Mark Ollivant and Renzo Podesta. Mm-hmm. Now, starring along with Sylvester is Javon Walton, P. Lou Aspic, Dasha Polanco, Moises Arias, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what happens. So there were two su- superheroes in the world, real superheroes, supposedly, the titular Samaritan and his brother Nemesis. That's his name. They had this knockdown drag out fight. Nemesis was killed. Samaritan has disappeared. Mm-hmm. No one's seen him in a long time. So what's going on in the world now that Samaritan and Nemesis are gone? Now, the focus of this movie is on a little boy. He's 13 years old, played by Javon. Sam is his name. And Sam has lost his father. He's living with his mother. His mother is struggling to, you know, make ends meet. You know, the whole eviction notice on the door. That kind of thing is happening. But he loves Samaritan. Loves Samaritan. He believes that Samaritan's out there and he's going to find him. He's already found certain candidates. (laughs) Has he been correct (laughs) or not? Well, you can imagine how that goes. And he actually wants to suggest these potential candidates for the real Samaritan to someone who's played by Martin Starr. Albert is his name. Now, Albert knows everything. He's that kind of guy who, you know, knows everything but really doesn't know anything. So Albert's like, okay, you're coming to me over and over again with these candidates. Like, get out of here, kid. But this leads to a certain event because Sam is being bullied And he's being bullied because he's connected to a criminal element. Now, this criminal element is in the form, the guise of Nemesis. You know, that's the guy that they want to be. And the head of this criminal element is called Cyrus, played by Pilu. And, you know, he's like, let me tell you something, kid. You might like Samaritan. But Nemesis is like a Robin Hood figure. He only did damage to people who deserved it. And we're going to continue that work. Okay. So he likes Sam. uh, Cyrus does. But some of his minions do not. That's the bullying thing. So one time, you know, Sam's being bullied. He has a friend and that whole kind of thing. And who comes to the rescue like Mr. Miyagi? Well, it's a man who's like in sanitation. That's his job. I don't know what he does particularly because I don't remember. And this man lives across the way from Sam. Sam can see him out of his window. He comes in and, and knocks some people out in superhero fashion. So what does Sam think? Now, is this a mystery if a man is throwing people like 30 feet away? (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, this man is played by Sylvester Stallone. His name is Joe Smith. But Joe doesn't want to be bothered by anybody, let alone a 13-year-old. But, of course, this 13-year-old worms his way into this man's life. He grudgingly accepts him. And we learn certain things about him, like his whole refrigerator or freezer or whatever is stocked with ice cream. That's it. Like, what's going on with this? Mm -hmm. So we see how this relationship builds 
And in the end, the question is, is he Samaritan? What's going on? Is he someone else? Is this a figment of Sam's imagination? You'll see in the end. Now, as you can see, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like, this is nothing surprising or new. We know where this is going. Um, I watched it with my brother, and, and we were kind of like, well, we know who he is before they even get to it. Like, it was just... All right. Now, in the early going, they don't waste time. It's not good. I mean, we can't call it that. But, uh, you know, at the beginning, it's like, so what? You know, you're watching it from home, and they're moving along. <laughs> you know, easy to watch, entertaining enough. All right, whatever. Is the writing good? No. I mean, you know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. But I would say that the dynamic between uh, Giovanna Syl Sylvester would be the reason to keep watching. It's a familiar dynamic. But that would be the thing that keeps the engine running. Okay. Uh, you know, and then you get these moments where, you know, Sam is in all of these situations where he's in danger and he does the frantic breathing, that whole kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <sighs> Then we get, start getting to the end. It starts really devolving. I mean, it wasn't good anyway, but then it starts going, why am I watching this? What am I supposed to be focusing on? There's like this huge action sequence at the end. I didn't know what I was supposed to be paying attention to. It went on too long. It wasn't like it was something distinct. It was just like in the end, it's almost like you're like, is it dinner time yet? It mm -hmm. happens that way. Oh, wow. Um, so that was unfortunate. I, at first I was like, this is the bad movie that's kind of good like we could have fun with it they could have shaved off 10 minutes i think and it may have been better but as it is you know whatever mm -hmm. right. you know if you're gonna watch it or not it's like it's like a, a reject from gotham or robocop <laughs> um and i mean gotham like the place not the show or robocop or uh teenage mutant ninja turtles from 1990 mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. like that if you, if you had a reject idea from that kind of mm -hmm. view, it would be this you got it huh. yeah all right so you know if that's something that you want to watch now we're going to move into our tv series premieres and first up on the list is everything i know about love brought to us by peacock mm -hmm. critic what is this about who's in it who should be watching I'm through with love. Don't ever call again. Is that a due to love? I love the song. Yes, you do. I, mm -hmm. I mean, there are many versions of it. Yeah. Mon Height did a version of it. Yes. So why am I singing that? Well, because in this show, it's 2012. So we're taking back 10 years. And why are we taking back 10 years? Because it's based on a memoir of the same name. Hmm. Yes, it is. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah, by, by uh, Dolly Adderton. Hmm. So Dolly has uh, essentially just made it a TV show. So this is still her work here. It's not like someone else adapted it. So it's based on Dolly's memoir. We have four friends or four housemates, and two of them have been friends like lifelong friends almost friends for such a long time and those two are maggie and birdie played by emma appleton and bell powley so what is their dynamic i'll get to it in a moment 
And their other two housemates are Amara and Nell, played by Aaliyah uh, Odafin and Marley Sue. So Amara and Nell met the two best friends, Maggie and Bertie, when they went to uni. Okay. Now we start by seeing Maggie on some sort of train, you know, coming back home from wherever she was. And she meets this guy on the train um, who's a musician. And his name is Street. Mm. Now, why is he called Street? Because that's where he was conceived. Mm. You know, that's the kind of show we're dealing with mm -hmm. here. Okay. And what happens between the two of them eventually on this train? Now, after the train ride, they know each other's first names, but they don't know anything else. They don't even exchange numbers. Off they go into the London streets. So Maggie is smitten with him and, but you know, whatever, moving on with life. And then we see how she and all of the rest of the friends get along and what their own stories are. When it comes to Birdie, Birdie hasn't dated as um, a young adult or maybe ever. So it's time for her to get a date. Why not? Time to get this going. And Maggie and Birdie are looking for jobs. They're looking for a career. You know, right now they're out on the streets uh, hawking, you know, whatever they're hawking, wearing ridiculous costumes and that kind of thing. You know, go into the store and buy this, that kind of thing. Handing out flyers. Now, for their two housemates, they're more established. One of them is in the teaching profession. Another is a professional. You know, you got to dress up in a suit and, you know, put the heels on after you walk to work, that kind of thing. So they're more established. They're also a bit more settled in their love lives. Mm. So when it comes to two of them, uh, Amara is just cool dating and meeting whomever and enjoying that kind of life, no sweat. And when it comes to Nell, Nell has a boyfriend who's very kind and kind of bewildered by the four of them when he shows up. Now, this street person comes back into play, of course. And he has a roommate. What's their relationship? And the thought is this, when it comes to Maggie, maybe we can set Street's roommate up with Birdie. Kill two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. So, okay, now the question is, how does this affect their relationship? Is it going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? Will there be certain competing interests that come up here? And that's the beginning. So I've seen the first two episodes of this show. Uh, there are seven total available now, as the producer said on Peacock. Um, I think I might have gotten into the third episode, producer, but that was about it. Because what I was thinking of watching this is girls. That's what mm -hmm. I was thinking of. This is a less interesting toned down version of that if it were set in London. Okay. That's what I would say. Would I call it bad? No. I just didn't find it that insightful into the characters. They just talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are going to find it insightful. I did not. I didn't think they had anything interesting to say. I could just watch it. I mean, you could watch it and fall asleep. It's the kind of thing that uh, I imagine some people getting into a tub, like a bubble bath. Maybe you have a glass of wine and you turn it on and kind of doze off. Mm. That's the kind of thing it is. So, not bad. If you're just in the mood to turn your mind off a bit and watch people literally like 
choreograph a dance and dance it for no reason that's this kind of show like i'm serious they and like one of the characters is like uh so are you gonna perform this dance no we're just doing it for fun like why am i watching this i don't know but i'm not the audience for this <laughs> got it um okay <laughs> that's interesting well if you want to do something um that we'd consider fun um how about buying us a coffee what does that mean all right guys so why watch that is on buy me a coffee buy me a coffee is a platform that allows you to show you your support for our show um literally the idea is donate some funds to help us to continue to bring you this fun and exciting content and information um and if you want to know how you can do that you can visit us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that now mike is the next item up for discussion um brought to us by hulu it is a limited series um is it safe to say this is that show about mike tyson yes all right look at that i read about this Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and there will be eight episodes total. It's created by Stephen O. Rogers. Now, Stephen Rogers, by the way, um, wrote and produced I, Tanya. So this will give you an idea of where they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of that movie and then coming to this show, how would he treat the story of Mike Tyson? Um, and the director of that movie, Craig Gillespie, is involved in the show as well. He directed mm-hmm. the first two episodes, which I have seen. Uh, Trevante Rhodes plays Mike. Russell Hornsby plays Don King, who does not show up in the first two episodes unless I just dozed off, which is possible. Um, we also have Harvey Keitel playing Customato, Mike's first coach. Uh, Laura Harrier will pop up as Robin Givens at some point, and so on and so forth. So what they use as a way to structure this producer is the one man show that Mike did like on Broadway or wherever and Spike Lee filmed it. So Travante is doing that to tell the story. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course they go back in time to show what actually happened to Mike. So that's the conceit. Mm -hmm. And it begins with a certain fight where a certain bite might've happened, but He says, no, we're not starting there. No, no, let's go back to 1974 when he was a kid living with his mother and his mother was in abusive relationships and so on. Mother abused him. He abused others. We get that whole story. You know what the mother was told by a doctor about him early on that he says changed her relationship with him. Hmm. So, okay, that's the beginning. He has to deal with the law. He gets in trouble at school and so on and so forth until he finds Cuss or Cuss finds him and starts training him in the art of boxing. So what's the relationship between Mike and Cuss and how does his mother perceive Cuss D'Amato? Now, as we track forward, he grows up and you know the story. I mean, if you know the story, you know what's going to happen. It's clear. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, when it comes to Trevante playing Mike, I think it's pretty good. Um, but I don't see Mike because Trevante doesn't look like Mike. 
So it looks like Travante with some like uh, false teeth and some makeup playing Mike. Mm, okay. As physically, yes. Face, no. Voice, though, I think Travante does a pretty good job mm. of sounding like Mike Tyson. Pretty okay. good job. But my problem is that everything he's trying to do is wasted here. It really is. Mm. Nice to see Harvey Keitel always. He isn't given really anything to do. I was watching this like, what are you trying to do? Is this a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it a dramedy? Like some of the tough stuff stuff over uh, early on, they gloss over. It's kind of glib. It was mishandled to me. Like, am I? what am I supposed to do with Mike? What are you trying to do? Like in I, Tanya, when you watch that movie, it's clear that this is a comedic take on something very serious. Mm-hmm. Here, it wasn't funny. It wasn't serious enough. I was just kind of watching it. I don't know. Um, it just, none of it landed to me. And the question was, why watch this? Mm-hmm. Especially given what we already know about Mike Tyson's story. Now, of mm-hmm. course, Mike Tyson's not happy about the show. They're doing it against his will. Mm-hmm. He's not involved. I think that the only reason to watch this is if you've been under a rock and you don't know the Mike Tyson story. Even in that case, though, there was the HBO movie where Michael Jai White played Mike and we had George C. Scott as Cuss and Paul Winfield as Don King. That was from 1995. I remember watching that. That was the first time I learned of the Mike Tyson story and the birds and all of that kind of stuff. This isn't any better than that, so why not just watch that? I don't get it. You can go to HBO Max and watch that now. And it's shorter. (laughs) Hello. You could also watch the the stage show. It's on HBO Max. Mike Tyson Undisputed Truth. That's the name of it. You could just watch the real thing. Or even better, you could watch the Tyson documentary. Uh, You might have to rent that, though. That, to me, is probably the best thing if you want to watch it. Because if they're going to do this, they need to add something interesting or be entertaining enough to warrant this show. It doesn't work to me, neither as a fictionalized biography or as entertainment. Um, So I'm not going to finish it because I know the story and they didn't give me a reason to. I don't think they're clear on what they're doing. They don't have a reason for being. I wouldn't even call it bad. It's just underwhelming and thin. They could have just made it a movie. I think that would have been better. Mm -hmm. Like I, Tanya, just make it a movie. But the other thing about I, Tanya is that is ridiculous. Even though Nancy Kerrigan, of course, was injured. It's ridiculous. Like, the Mike Tyson story isn't ridiculous. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. you go. You know. Right. Can't blame the actors. Got it. Cool. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have The Patient. Brought to us by uh, Hulu. This is a mini-series. Um, so, Critic, what is it about? I mean, obviously, a patient. What kind of patient? Who's in it? Who should be watching So this comes to us from Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg, who created The Americans. Mm, the Americans. Yes. So you go, okay, wait a minute. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And it's starring Steve Carell and Domino Gleason. Mm, okay. All right. Now, if you don't know Domino, first time I paid attention to him was in About Time. That mm-hmm. wrong come, yeah. Yep. So that's him. Okay. From About Time with Rachel McAdams. 
So really, they are the two central players. At some point, we're going to have other people pop up, uh, namely David Allen Greer and Linda Eamond and others. But it's really focusing on them. Yes, Steve Carell plays the therapist and Domino Gleason plays the patient. And this patient shows up to Steve Carell's house. That's where he does his work. And his character's name is Alan. And the patient is Sam. So, okay, they first meet. Sam seems to be kind of guarded. He has this hat on. Looks like he has a wig. His glasses. At one point, Alan's like, can you take the glasses off? No. What's that about? But he likes conversing with Alan. Sam does. But he doesn't really say anything that's deep. When Alan asks him a question that would actually be revealing if he gave the answer, he distracts. Alan calls him on this. What's going on? Because before Sam came to Alan, he read Alan's book, which supposedly had the answers to his problems. So is this working? Mm -hmm. Is the question. Now, in addition, we see um, some of Alan's backstory. We know that he's just lost his wife. Something's going on with him and his adult son. They seem to have a strained relationship. He He's like grieving. That's what's happening. He's having nightmares. He wakes up, thinks his wife is still next to him. Why are we being told this? Well, at some point, Alan ends up in a situation that he can't get out of. And he has to figure out a way to actually help Sam. Because Sam has to take him to a particular place where he can be open and honest. Now, this is against Alan's will. It's almost like a misery kind of thing, you know, but here he's not writing a book. <laughs> okay? Here he needs to provide therapeutic uh, help. So what is the situation? How does he realize that he might be trapped? What does it look like? I won't give it away so you can watch it and find out. And how is that going to affect the dynamic between therapist and patient? If you are being held against your will, can you actually help this person? Mm. Should you help this person? And as they reveal the truth, do you even want to hear it? Because the more they reveal, does that mean you're in more and more danger? So this is a pickle mm. that Alan is in. And those, essentially, that's the first two episodes without me spoiling, which we don't do, of course, on why watch that. Now, the episodes last about 20 minutes. That's around the length of time, which I liked. Mm -hmm. Let's get in and out. I think the performances were good. I still see Steve Carell, but still, good job. No problem with that. I see Steve Carell, though. I'm just waiting for a joke. Um, all right, no problem. But the thing about this early on, this show needs a kick in the pants. Like, the performances need to be great. Not good. <clears throat> Early on. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was thinking of, in addition to misery, was in treatment, of course, which is really about a therapist and a patient talking back and forth. Okay. That show, like, bores me. Just because there's this fictionalized version of therapy that I find hilarious. Um, and everybody thinks that, you know, I'm not even going to get into that. Let's save that for later. <laughs> it's just it's like now what's going on in therapy you know what's happening with depression it's hilarious to me oh what we thought is not true yeah anyway like 
you can read anatomy of an epidemic. That's what I would say. Read anatomy of an epidemic, <laughs> and then you'll understand. And then now these people are like, oh, well, what we thought is not true. Uh -huh. So, like, you know, there's certain thera therapist uh, scenes and shows that I like and movies that work. Like, analyze this, The Sopranos, because there's more going on. Um, here, we haven't gotten there yet. So I just wish it was more misery than in treatment, in short. Mm. But it's misery without the dark humor. So mm. it, like you want, you're like, is, where's that extra thing, that sizzle? Mm -hmm. Like they could just tell us more about what Carell's planning to do to get out of this situation. Like if we were inside his head more, mm. we could go through it with him instead of just observing him. Watching it, mm -hmm. I'm yeah, that's mm -hmm. one option. Or they could show us uh, Sam's outside life in addition to Alan's. Mm -hmm. Like, what is his backstory? Now, they, they'll probably get to it later on, but maybe start with that. That's another option they could have done. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm assuming, of course, they're going to do this at some point, but you're starting a show. Like, I just want to scream to some of these writers. <laughs> you're starting a show. There's so much out here that people can watch. You've got to make a statement early on. You just got to do it. I don't know. Some people just don't care. They just leave the TV on and barely pay attention. So maybe they can get away with it. Not with me. Uh, so what I would say overall is it's a solid two episodes. It ends on a cliffhanger at the end of the second episode. I will conti continue watching it. It's just not special. Mm. Not yet. But we'll see if they get there. I mean the Americans creators, I'll give them a little more room to grow. Mm -hmm. You got it. There we go. Yeah. All right, this so. is the best of the bunch, the patient that we had today. Today. All right. Well, that's cool. We end, look at that. We ended a high note. That's, that's a, that's a thing that we try to do here at why watch that. And we did yeah. like make it happen. <laughs> it just happened organically. Um, yeah, guys. So thanks again for tuning in to another episode of, uh, why watch that until the next oh guys like the show if you like the show subscribe to the show so you know when new shows come up i didn't say that this episode but uh making sure that we uh you know one of those things called call to actions um yeah so here you go there's your call thanks guys till next I, time. we're so inspired by that thank you <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us for up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at WhyWatchThat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going. 